Am I allowed to say that? Will anyone allow the uh, game week calls to happen on Monday of the spring game, or do I need to wait about 130 more days to say that in the studio? What do you, what do you think the final call is? Yeah, I, I think game week is reserved for the fall. Really? No game week? Even though there's going to be football played on Owen Field on Saturday? Come on. We don't, we don't get any of this for quite some time. I'm, uh, I'm pretty jacked up to see what uh, we get to find out on Saturday. Uh, I haven't looked at the weather, though, so... Have you looked at the weather? Apparently what that's it's be supposed like? to be chilly and raining. So <laughs> of course, since the spring game, I should have known. <laughs> Not great, but, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll make it. Yeah. No, unfortunate. Spring game coming up on Saturday. And as uh, you can imagine, we'll be talking a lot about that today. And as the week goes on, who you're most excited to see, the main attraction. I mean, Jackson Arnold's got to be up there when it comes to the main attraction. And I, I'm, I'm guessing that for a decent number of people going to the game on Saturday or watching it, just seeing your five-star quarterback for the first time in an OU uniform, like, I, I, I don't think that you have to be – you don't have to think that Jackson Arnold's going to start this year to be excited to watch him play. He's a five-star quarterback. He's really essentially the future of your program, the quarterback that's going to most likely take you into the SEC. I mean, there's just a, a huge draw there. So, yeah, the conditions won't be great, but just seeing what he looks like in person on Saturday is – it's one of the main attractions for sure. I would say so, and if the discourse coming out of this spring game is anything resembling what it was surrounding Caleb Williams after the 2021 spring game, that's how you know that things are going to be trending in the right direction for Jackson Arnold because I just remember walking out of Owen Field after the 2021 spring game, Tyler, and that was where it started to hit everybody that, oh, Caleb Williams is something special. I remember overhearing bits and pieces of conversation amongst fans as I walked out and Everybody was buzzing, not about Spencer Rattler, man, but about the young backup that had just gone 10 for 11 that day, Caleb Williams. And so, yeah, I think there are a lot of reasons to get excited to watch Oklahoma in real time at full game speed, in full pads, in a competitive environment this Saturday. But I think tops on the list is probably Jackson Arnold. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure tops on the list on Saturday in Austin was Arch Manning. And, oh, boy. Well, they weren't treated to uh, much of a show on Saturday down there in Austin, were they? Now, I, I, I went back, and I forget who it was, maybe like the Unnecessary Roughness Twitter page, the, the Barstool podcast. I think it was them that maybe they went back and pieced together every single play that Arch was in the game. And there were certainly times when he had a lot of pressure on him, so it wasn't like the most quarterback-friendly situation for him, but... Still, I mean, it's pretty obvious that he's Arch has got a long way to go, and uh, Sark even said as much after the game, basically proclaiming like, "Hey, um, yeah, Quinn Ewers is our starting quarterback right now." In fact, like Arch wasn't even. It's it's not that Arch wasn't the best looking quarterback. Like I, I think he's clearly the third <laughs> at best, clearly. third best looking quarterback right now, man. And, and maybe Quinn Ewers will bounce back and have a really good year, but. It was one spring game, understand that, but Arch just doesn't look like he's ready to play big-time college football right now. And I don't know if Texas is going to be able to keep Malik Murphy, but Parker, Texas needs to find a way to keep Malik Murphy. I mean, he what is he, like 9-13, 165 yards, one touchdown again. Not to go overboard about a spring game performance, but I think Malik Murphy's looked like a good player well before the spring game on Saturday. 
I, I still don't have a lot of confidence in Quinn Ewers. That, you know, through game one to game 12, he's going to be really good. Texas is going to need a solid backup quarterback. I don't know if Arch is going to be that this year. They've got to find a way to keep Malik Murphy. And the problem is, I think he could start go start somewhere else. I think with a former number one overall prospect as their starter and another number one overall prospect further down the depth chart at quarterback, I think one of the toughest things for Texas fans to come to terms with this fall one of the toughest things for them to swallow is that they do not have a salvific figure at the quarterback position. Yeah. They are not going to win games behind a quarterback who has a season that is Heisman Trophy worthy. Not by any stretch of the imagination are you going to get that out of Quinn Ewers. You're certainly not going to get that out of Malik Murphy or Arch Manning. And so – you're going to have to find ways to win football games that don't Im- involve firebombing your way to 60 points. Uh, Archibald was 5 of 13 for 30 yards and zero touchdowns on Saturday, in case you missed it. Nice. This wasn't the greatest. Uh, yeah. Oh, you should take Malik Murphy, says a texter in the 405. <laughs> hey, I, I wouldn't say no to Malik Murphy, but I don't think Malik Murphy would say yes to OU. I mean, we just talked about Jackson Arnold being the future of the program. Like, nothing has changed that. I don't think anything is going to change that. Malik Murphy is good enough to go start somewhere, maybe even at a Power 5 school. He or any other good quarterback in the portal, Brock Vandegrift, whoever, they're, they're, not, they're not coming to OU right now, especially when you have uh, not only Jackson Arnold but two quarterbacks committed that are uh, one's going to be a senior and the other one's going to be a junior. And I, I, I don't think that we're going to see an impressive ad uh, for OU in the uh, portal uh, when it comes to quarterback. Probably not going to be the case. No, you're going to have to convince somebody to come to Oklahoma via the portal and just be depth. Like, you're going to have to find somebody that was willing to do what Davis Bevel did. And I I know the second I say the name Davis Bevel, people's blood is collectively boiling. But you're not going to get a guy, any guy, over the next three seasons at the University of Oklahoma to come to your school via the portal at the quarterback position with the expectation that he is ever going to start. Uh, Murphy Portal says a texture in the 405. Quinn Ewers gets hurt, and OU beats Arch 49 nothing next Oh, fall. wouldn't that be poetic they, justice? Hey, after what I saw from Arch on Saturday, they may have to uh, put Jatavian Sanders, their tight end, in the Wildcat and just run that all game. Kidding, of course. They wouldn't do that, but yeah. Peyton says if he wasn't a Texas player, I would feel so bad for Arch. He didn't ask for all the hype and BS surrounding him. But he does play for Texas, so now I'm praying on his downfall. Is there any way that the uh, 5 of uh, 13 for 30 yards on Saturday, does that tone down expectations a little bit? Or he's a Manning, he was the number one overall player by a couple of services last year, the uh, the expectation and the hype is still going to be high going into the offseason. What, what do you think? I mean, again, he plays for the University of Texas. So, yes, I would say the hype is still going to be at a fever pitch heading into – this summer and on into fall camp. Now, I don't think even Texas fans have the expectation that Arch is going to start for them at any point as a freshman because they're still all in on Quinn Ewers for however much longer he is in the burnt orange. But I I have no doubt that Texas fans are actively thinking of ways to downplay Arch Manning's spring game performance. And look, I'm not the type of person that's going to put a ton of stock into – a showing like that anyway for any player. So I'm not any more in or out on Arch Manning than I was prior to the spring game, but seeing his performance of the spring game, 
I can honestly look at that and say, okay, like that's pretty much in line with what we've been talking about for months surrounding Arch Manning. Uh, 405, I was at OU's practice Friday. Arnold can spin it, but he has a long way to go. Well, yeah, of course. Just like there's been some newcomers, some freshmen this year that have played well so far throughout spring ball. But, yeah, of course Arnold has a long way to go. He hasn't even made it through an entire – uh, you know, spring football uh, just yet. O- only just a few practices up to this point. So, yeah. Camo Sooner, Arch equals Chrissy 2.0. So, I guess we're just going to be uh, firing out takes all hour about what's going on with uh, Arch Manning. Um, he- here's here's a few texts on, on this front. Kyle from Shawnee, any updates with OU and Brennan Thompson? Any updates to share? Um... Yeah, I mean, I, I think there's a chance that you could see him uh, up here on, on Saturday. Um, it sounds like this is where Mom wants him to be. Mom would like him to be in Norman. And, and maybe Austin just wasn't the best fit for him amongst some other things, but I wouldn't say it's trending bad at all right now for no, you and Britta Thompson. And Mom's opinion is significant in all of this. And to be clear, Brennan really liked Oklahoma as a high school recruit as well. So, yes, on paper, this makes a lot of sense. Brennan Thompson coming to Oklahoma where he quite clearly becomes the fastest player on the roster at the wide receiver position, maybe the fastest player on the roster overall. And we're talking to do the can crack 10.2 in the 100-meter dash. So, yeah, man, I know that there's some familiarity at Texas Tech. I know there's some familiarity at Arizona State, given the relationship with Jalen Conyers. But OU appears to have the inside track here. Yeah. Mississippi State could be a team to watch out for. Um, I, I know Oregon's been kind of mentioned, but I, I think OU. Like if if we're talking about who's the favorite right now, yeah, I, I think I think OU's the favorite in that one. Four one seven. Anything with Bear Alexander, or is that all about the money? You know, I, I don't know how many of you listen to Josh Pate of Twenty Four Seven Sports, but I think he has a really good podcast, and I actually listened to it this morning. And Josh Pate is a guy that if you've ever listened to him before, he's not very critical really about anyone. That's not really his style or the style of that podcast. He tends to take a much more positive outlook on the teams that he talks about. You think that's a fair? You think that's fair, Parker, that that's how Josh Absolutely. Pate goes by? Absolutely, The yes. fact that I heard Josh Pate say this morning that Georgia won't miss him, talking about Bear Alexander – kind of told me all that I needed to hear is that you look at a guy that played in, what, 12 games for Georgia last year, had two sacks in the national championship game, how highly he was recruited, and you say to yourself, like, whoa, like that's a big-time player in the portal. And it is a big-time player in the portal. But it sounds like Georgia's saying, yeah, okay, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll be fine. If you want to transfer out, go ahead. It, it doesn't sound like they're going to miss him all that much, or really at all. So I and think that's kind of telling. Josh Pate, for being a guy that tends to stray away from issuing criticism, he's also a guy that has deep roots in the state of Georgia. That's where he's lived for virtually his entire life. And so Josh Pate is a guy that can speak with some degree of authority on the various happenings in and around the University of Georgia. And so when you hear him say, Georgia's not going to miss Bear Alexander, yes, again, as Tyler said, that's somebody whose who's word you would tend to trust. Yeah. I mean, USC was the rumor as soon as that one dropped. And I would say right now, 2.15 Central Standard Time on Monday, uh, USC is probably still the front runner in this. I'd be surprised at this point if he doesn't go to USC. That's, that's kind of what my thoughts are right now. 
Maybe someone could come in late and throw a bag at it. I, I don't know. And in, but, ta- in talking to various sources with knowledge of the situation, what I can tell you is that it seems as though Bear Alexander is a hand-in-glove fit for everything that the USC football program is about culturally. Except for the fact that he's over 295 pounds. I don't know yep. how Muleshoe and Grinch are going to finagle that one. 6'3", 305. Yeah. It's, you got to skim 10 weird. pounds off him. Bear Alexander is going to stand out more than any other defensive lineman in college football this year. Manny Wiley is going to have him shaking shake weights with all four limbs. Uh, Drew from Flower Mound says, I watched some highlights of the Ohio State spring game, and I don't know about them, but I don't know about their quarterback situation. If I'm Malik Murphy, I'm looking at that situation. I think Kyle McCord, uh, did he end up playing on Saturday? I think there was a rumor that maybe he wasn't going to play. I don't know. I, I, think I he, wasn't paying You think he ended up playing. I, I didn't pay attention to the Ohio State spring game either. Uh, Drew, I'll tell you this uh, this much. Yeah, C.J. Stroud isn't back there, but Ohio State's going to be just fine offensively. They'll, they'll, they'll be okay with the wide receivers that whatever quarterback they start will have to throw to. The question about Ohio State is the same thing it's been for a couple of years. Can they stop the run? Can 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 they not allow uh, 800 rushing yards to Michigan when they play him next November? Zane says, my mom wants Brennan Thompson at OU as well. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Yeah, he'd uh, he'd be a nice fit with that speed for sure. Uh, one more. I know this isn't recruiting news, but I'm excited to see Atabare on some recruiting news. How do you think the wildfires in Logan County will affect David Stone committing to Oklahoma? I was really hoping we'd get through this hour without mentioning David no, Stone, but sorry. there we go. I know it was tongue-in-cheek, but one of these days we'll do it. One of these days we will get through this entire show without saying David Stone. It's going to be tough this week, seeing as he will be visiting on uh, on Saturday. Yeah. Once again. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to have to talk about David Stone. What's our uh, early week over-under on commits from the Still 0.5. 0. 0. 0. I, I would take the over. Okay. I would definitely take the over. 405-651-3439. You guys are killing it already on the text line. We'll get to those and a whole lot more coming up next. A lot of recruiting to get to. We'll tell you the latest on five-star defensive lineman, number one defensive lineman, Williams Winery, coming up next. Keep it locked on the ref. Locked in with McComas and Thune, live on the ref. We're the home of Sooner fans. Ref Army listening nationwide once again today. They're listening via the free ref app. Just search KREF in the app store. In Olathe, Kansas. I stayed in Olathe, Kansas this weekend. Shout out to uh, Matt Sheever. Brandon, Mississippi is tuned in. Webster, New New York. Shreveport, Louisiana. Warland, Wyoming. Porterville, California. And someone requested at 159, Parker, for Boys City to be the uh, small town, small Oklahoma town of the day. Panhandle repping. I am saying that right. Yeah, Boys City. Boys City. No no Boise in the state of Oklahoma. I don't believe so. Boys City. Not, not Boise City. Uh, I had a good weekend in Kansas City. Uh, we were doing opposite things. I was waiting in a two-hour rain delay at Kauffman Stadium while you were watching Williams Winarian Company. Uh, anything really to note from the uh, five-star defensive lineman? Uh, Jay Sean Ross. Well, for, on Will and Winary, no, nothing new, and no news is good news there. But Jay Sean Ross is a guy that really, really flashed this weekend. And last I'd seen Jay Sean Ross, he was about 15 pounds heavier, and he was playing wide receiver at a seven-on-seven event up in Tulsa. That was about six weeks ago. Uh, he's dropped down to about 220 pounds. And, man, some of the reps he had in one-on-ones yesterday at the UC Report camp were 
legitimately mind-boggling. The kid is fast, he is strong, he is dexterous, and OU is very much in it for Jay Sean Ross as well. So another edge prospect to watch out of the state of Missouri, not just Will Nwaneri that is of interest there when it comes to the edge position. Yeah, did uh, whenever, did he get an Under Armour game invite this weekend? He did, but he'd had it for a while. Uh, okay, but it was just like the formal. Yeah, uh, you it was. Know. Yeah. Okay, all right. Uh, Isaiah Mosey was out there at wide receiver. Apparently he looked pretty good as well. That's another obvious OU target. At this camp last year, he won co-MVP as a freshman. He hadn't even turned 15 yet. So, yeah, he got his future 50 invite. That's a kid that's very, very, very talented and overwhelmingly likely to be a Sooner, assuming current trends hold. Yeah, like some would say, okay, well, you – you go all the way up to Kansas City, and there's not really anything to note from Williams when area. Like, I think that's a good thing for OU. You know, I, I mean, he's got his official list out. I think I saw it earlier today that he currently has four. But if nothing's really changed, I think that's what you got to root for if you're an OU fan because OU's been the leader since he took that visit here over over a month ago, and it sounds like nothing's changed on that front. Exactly. Is Even it? after taking a lot of – he's taken a lot of visits since that OU visit too. Yeah, as I said, no news is good news, and right now, there is no news as far as Will Nwaneri is concerned. So, all good things there from the 405. Uh, this All edges, no defensive tackles. Thanks, Bates. It's from this listener that really all he does is text in to talk about how bad at his job Todd Bates is. Hmm, that's, so, a, that's a fun life. Uh, let me just go ahead and remind you that Oklahoma is very in right now on not just David Stone, and Nigel Smith, who will be in attendance this weekend. Correct. But also Zadavian Sims, as well as another guy that's knocking on the door of the top 100 right now and will be at the spring game this weekend as well in Joseph Jonah Ajonye. Oh, and let me throw Dominic McKinley in there as well, another five-star guy that the Sooners are hoping to land an official visit from. Uh, this text says, where does OU stand for five-star defensive lineman Dominic McKinley? Again, I think they could end up getting an official visit. And if that's the case, I'd – Look, Oklahoma is not the player in that recruitment that they are with Stone, Sims, Nigel Smith, um, Joseph Jonah Jonier. They're not quite on that level because they lead for all four of those guys right now. They lead for all four of the guys I just mentioned. David Stone, Nigel Smith, Zadavian Sims, Joseph Jonah Jonier. They lead for all of them. So I, I am of the opinion that a lot of the Todd Bates narratives are going to be put to rest in this cycle. Um, by the way, you said for McKinley, like, hey, oh, you might get an official visit. And saying that for the past however long we've talked about recruiting, that's meant something, right? <laughs> well, like, that's a good point. More times than not, it's been, oh, I mean, that essentially means OU's in at least the top five of this based on how many official visits that he's going to take. But OU's definitely in the top five, most likely, if they're getting an official visit. That new NCAA rule change, like, Oh, he's going to take an official visit there. That is not going to hit like it like it has for several decades now. Because if people out there that didn't hear the news, what is this starting in July that kids can take unlimited official visits to schools? Now, I think they can only take one official to each school. Yeah, one to each. But school. if they want to take twenty different official visits to twenty different schools, that apparently is going to be on the table now. And I, I don't. I mean, I, I, and not everybody will take advantage of that because I, I was talking to a couple of blue chip kids in the class of 2024 yesterday, um, guys with offers coast to coast, and I asked them about this new rule and about whether they would try to take more than five official visits, given that as of July 1st they can if they so desire. And 
they both told me, you know what, man, like at a certain point, you're just wasting your time and you're just wasting those universities money. So no. Probably not going to take more than five. Well, I there's going to be some kids that say, there "Yeah, I'll be, go to I'll go to USC just to go to USC." Exactly. There I will might go take a trip that, to UNLV. Yeah, there will be some that take twenty official visits. But I, 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 schools will still have a limited number of official visits that they can hand out. Correct. So we're not going to see four hundred kids take a visit to UNLV or, or to 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 LA just to go hang out at USC. Schools have a certain amount of official visits that they can give out. Now a kid. There's there's no number on official visits, correct? Like if, if like if a kid wants to go to Clemson eight times, then that doesn't count against a certain number. It's just a certain number of official visits that schools can hand out. So there will be some kids that I'm sure take twenty official visits, but there's gonna schools are gonna have to you know prioritize. All right, is this guy just using this for an official visit, or is he actually serious about coming here? So that's that's going to be a balancing act. I guess, and that's you know. going to be the tough thing to gauge, man, especially at a school like UNLV or a school like Hawaii, right? Yeah. Because you know everybody that you're recruiting is going to be like, oh, yeah, I'll, t- I'll take an official visit for sure. But then you got to wait, okay, is this kid really serious? Does he actually want to come here or does he just want a free trip? Sure, and that's what you'll have to balance. Uh, texture in the 405 says, OU coach is giving up on Peyton Pierce. I mean, the odds they flip that kid are not high. I'll just put it that way. So it's probably probably for the best right now that OU starts to look elsewhere. Again, I don't think those chain I don't think that uh, line of communication is gonna completely be severed, but OU will set their sights elsewhere. Um, <laughs> uh, from the eight oh six, okay, I have to ask something. So people who complain about lack of elite interior defensive line signees, do they really not just realize how few of them exist, or are they all window lickers? <laughs> both. <laughs> both, actually. <laughs> I like both of those. Oh, you will get a couple of them at least yeah. this cycle. They will. Uh, from the 417, would it be a red flag to the staff if a kid wants to take 10 to 15 official visits? I'd hope so. I, I think it would be a red flag to this staff. Um, are other staffs going to approach that differently? Yeah, I'm, I, I'm sure that's going to be... I'm sure that's going to be the case, but I would think with this staff, um, if we're talking about someone who's taken, yeah, 15 official visits across the country, maybe he's just so good that you keep recruiting him and you keep a spot for him, but I think with this staff, there would be, yeah, some red flags for sure, without a doubt. Uh, Gosh, there was another text here that I wanted to get to. Oh, yeah, Jim in Arlington, Parker, from your weekend Twitter feed. Talk about C.J. Colden's younger brother. Thanks, Jim and Arlington. Yeah, this was super you intriguing good? because, okay, so I was I was at Pro Day a couple weeks back and ran into CJ's dad, and he mentioned to me, hey, I got this other son coming up. He's class of 2025 right now. Goes to the same high school that CJ went to, and uh, he's he's about to transfer, but he's in his he, he just played his first year defensive back, moving him over from wide receiver just like we did with CJ, and I think he's going to be a baller. And so I'm looking through this registration list for the UC Report camp yesterday, looking through it midway through last week, and I see a very familiar name, Charleston Colden. I go, oh, well, there you go. There he is. So I go to this camp very eager to see what CJ's younger brother looks like in real time. All the kid does, Tyler, is goes and wins co-MVP amongst defensive backs. Now, no offers yet, so his recruitment is still in its infantile stages. 
But you can kind of tell he's raw in terms of his technique, still learning the position, still getting comfortable in his own skin at cornerback. But the athletic upside is very, very high for that kid, and I don't question that the interest is going to start to ramp up significantly after uh, his performance this weekend. One more on the text line before we hit a break. For the 402, are you surprised that not only Samaj Jones will be in Norman, but also Michael Van Buren? Is, are both those going to be on campus this weekend? Both Samaj Jones and Michael Van Buren? Because uh, I, I was gonna, I was gonna bring I, up today that it feels like the two quarterback class, like that smoke has died down a little bit. But I thought that uh, Samaj Jones was taking an official visit, but it wasn't until later this summer. Yeah, Samaj Jones is taking an official visit in June. I know Michael Van Buren had tentatively planned to visit Oklahoma's spring game, but. At this point in time, he's the top guy on the board for Penn State. Oregon's pretty interested, too. He's got a couple other schools that are pressing hard for him to be the guy at quarterback. So, I, I mean, I will double-check on that, but I was not going into this week with the impression that either Samaj Jones or Michael Van Buren would be at the spring game. By the way, 405, same listener that asked about whether the OU coaches giving, were giving up on Peyton Pierce. He said, Parker, you said the Pierce commitment will be like the Vosick recruitment last year. No, <laughs> uh, I no, I See, that's, that's, that's why it was, uh, I knew it was dangerous. You said it was a good point. I think it was a, a, a yeah. very fair point. I understood what you were saying, but I knew some people would take that <laughs> as, oh, he expects this to go just like the, oh, yeah, the Vosick situation. Peyton Pierce will just you know, since it. OU, since OU and Ohio State play each other this year, since, I mean – I, I get the point that you were making, but yeah, I, I, I knew that I knew at least one person would uh, would text that in. Oh, oh boy! boy. Uh, one more, Grady County, Mitch. Haven't listened in today, but is there any word on OU being on the Bear Alexander transfer? I expect USC to be the favorite on that one as of now. What did you say last hour that OU's reached out at least? But it feels like USC is where all the the smoke is. Yeah, at. somebody asked earlier in the hour if it was all about the money. Uh, I'll just go ahead and say it. Yes, it is all about the money. 405-651-3439 is the text line. A lot of Cruton still to get to. What is the over-under for OU this weekend? Is the under going to hit? Is the over going to hit? We'll take an early look at the recruiting weekend in Norman for the spring game. Keep it locked in the ref. Locked in with McComas and Thune live on the ref. We're the home of Sooner fans inside the Buffalo Wild Wings studio. I didn't realize on three just uh, updated their rankings for the 2024 class. Did they do that earlier today? Uh, regardless, Williams Winery is the number two overall player in the uh, new on three rankings. Dylan Stewart, the number one overall player, five star edge out of uh, DC. But then there's Williams Winery, number two, six foot six, 260 pounds as the number two overall player and the uh, number one player at his position, number one defensive line. Dang. Uh, when Aerie got a chance to be a consensus top 10 player in this class by the time it's all said and done, he's done nothing but improve his stock so far this offseason is what it sounds like he, to me. He will push for the number one overall spot. He will. And I generally when a quarterback gets to that pedestal, it's tough to knock him off it. And so I, I'll have to see him vault over Dylan Riola before I believe that it does happen. But what I'm saying is I think by the end of the cycle, I think there's going to be a legitimate conversation about Will Nguyenary being the number one overall player in the country. Yeah, Ryle uh, currently the number seven overall player in on threes rankings. You got David Stone at 19, and then Bryant Westco was just inside the top 30 at, 
I completely lost where it was at, but Bryant Wesco, uh, he was at 20, 26 is where he's at, rated as a, uh, a four-star. But I think, uh, what, 24-7 has him as the number nine overall player. So I think Bryant Wesco, um, composite five-star, I think he'll have a good chance to be a composite five-star by the he time may, it's all He may done. already be with that update. Let me check on it real quick because I think that might be good enough. He was right on the cusp of having his composite fifth-star. Oh, the composite hasn't updated with the new on three rankings yet. But, yeah, he he will be a composite five-star here shortly. Uh, Brock Vandegriff had some interesting comments after the Georgia game this weekend, <laughs> did he not? They're basically asking him, like, all right, like, what's uh, what's what's going on with you? What are you going to do this offseason? And basically he said, I'm going to take it day by day. I'm going to pray about it, and we'll see what happens, which leads me to believe uh, he that, gone. That Carson Beck will be Georgia's starting quarterback, and Brock Vandergriff will be playing somewhere uh, other than for the Georgia Bulldogs next year. That's what that. That's what that says to me. Is that Mule Shoe's worst QB eval of all time? Uh, I mean, has the guy ever started a game? Did he ever start a game at Georgia? I don't. I don't know if he did. How many snaps did he take? I think like two. I don't know if he's ever thrown a pass in a regular season game. I, again, I'll have to fact check this, but yeah, he has been buried on the depth chart there for two years. He's about to end up in the transfer portal. Meanwhile, the guy that kind of fell into Mule Shoe's lap after Vandegrift flipped, Caleb Williams, is coming off a Heisman Trophy. Cam says, is there a place that will have a printable rooster for Saturday's red-white game? How many do you feel will be at the spring game Saturday? Really enjoy your program. Keep up the good work. Uh, Cam, I don't know if you did this intentionally. I think you did, but nice Rube Baker uh, mentioned there, calling it the rooster. Soonersports.com, go to the roster, and you can probably uh, print it out from there. Bruce says, how sold are you on Miguel Chavis? The defensive ends were lacking last year. Your thoughts? Were any of those guys Miguel Chavis's guys? No. And also, I'd, I don't know that I would say the defensive ends were lacking. I, w w was the play elite at that position? No, but show me a position where the play was elite on Oklahoma's roster. I, I, if, I, if I were singling out a position group last year as the one that had the majority of the issues roster-wide at Oklahoma, I wouldn't single out the defensive ends. So it was Miguel Chavis's first year on the job. He brought in additional ammunition this offseason in the transfer portal and obviously signed a high-impact, day-one contributor type of guy in P.J. Adebare. He's in the lead right now for Will Nwaneri. I believe he's in the lead right now for Jay Sean Ross as things stand, although I don't think that recruitment's anywhere close to He's over. already proven himself on the recruiting trail. Yeah, and that's what, what I'm saying. Got. Like, a guy like that, to make the impact that he has made as a recruiter as immediately as he has made it, Yes, I am sold on Miguel Chavis. And I understand if there are those that are a little bit more reticent in that regard. But, yes, if you're asking me if I'm sold on Miguel Chavis, the answer to me is yes. Uh, will Tommy Walker be the best running back again in the spring game? Well, I, I got to think that Barnes probably isn't going to play. Um, how much will we see of Sawchuck? And if we don't see a whole lot of Gavin Sawchuck, could – he be the best player in the spring game, Tawi Walker? Yeah, ab absolutely he can. I mean, he made a couple of plays 
what, not this past week, but the week before in a, I think maybe the first scrimmage that they had a spring ball. Yeah, absolutely. Tommy Walker will be one of the favorites because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to guess that he's going to get a lot more run on Saturday than, say, a uh, Gavin Sawchuck. So that might actually be where the smart money's at for Tawi Walker to, to have the best day of, of any running back and out there. Tawi Walker's name doesn't get thrown around a whole heck of a lot amidst the running back conversation, but everyone ought to keep in mind, this is a guy that despite the presence of Javante Barnes and despite the presence of Eric Gray and despite the presence of Marcus Major, this is a guy that was playing a lot of meaningful snaps for Oklahoma last year, a guy that was higher than Gavin Sawchuk on the depth chart. Now, that was only ever going to last so long, and that is obviously no longer the case. But Tawi Walker ain't no scrub. No, he's he, he's he's not a scrub. Uh, okay, early early look at this weekend on the recruiting front. When Ari, is he going to be at Colorado this weekend? Is he that where will. he's at? Yes. Okay, Colorado just had their spring game on Saturday, but he'll still be in Boulder uh, coming up this weekend, right? Correct? Or, or no, they no, have no, their spring game okay, is this? Saturday. Okay, so it's on. It, that's the that's the game that's on ESPN. So you'll have David Stone in town. You'll have uh, Nigel Smith in town, so you'll have two of the big four in. Is Zadavian Sims going to be in this weekend, or is he going to be elsewhere? Or is I'm it still unknown. I'm not 100% sure about Zadavian Sims. I know he just visited last week, uh, Thursday or Friday. But, yeah, I, I'm not entirely sure whether Zadavian Sims is going to be back up in Norm for the spring game. Here's what I do know. Uh, you got Nigel Smith coming in. You got David Stone coming in. You got Joseph Jonah Ajonye coming in, so three of your top five targets on the interior defensive line, all in Norman this weekend. Yeah, I mean, it's a big weekend for uh, defensive line recruiting, and you'll have some other elite players across the board here, but this is, like, if if this is a big recruiting weekend for any particular position in terms of who's in town, even without the number two overall player, according to On3, and the number one defensive lineman, according to, well, basically just about every single service, this is probably more position than any other, a, a big weekend for defensive line recruiting for sure. Yeah. Not, not as big of a weekend overall as the Champion Barbecue is going to be, but we, we always thought that this would be a big weekend for OU recruiting, the spring game, of course. They emphasize that, but it's not as big as the Champion Barbecue, but this is still a very big weekend for, on the recruiting front. Very big. And weekend. it has the opportunity to yield very tangible, very consequential results. It's not out of the question that you come out of this weekend with multiple commitments. And if that's the case, that really gets the ball rolling as April turns over into May and official visits start to happen. But yet we're still keeping the over-under as of right now to 0.5 for yes. a spring game commits. All right. Setting it low. Maybe it'll be multiple, and you can celebrate the over coming exactly. up in a one I, I prefer, on Monday. I prefer to set expectations on the low end of the spectrum because then – if you reach the threshold, people get excited. If we said 3.5 commitments and Oklahoma got three, that'd certainly be cause for celebration, Tyler. But then people would be like, I thought we were getting upwards of 3.5. What happened? Yeah. Uh, by the way, Jim in Arlington wants to know the uh, rundown of the schedule, all the logistics for us. Uh, here's how it's going to look. 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. for pregame. Uh, We're going to be at Yo Pablo on Campus Corner. At the same time, well, not the entire time, but from 10 a.m. to noon, uh, we'll also be at Balfour of Norman on Campus Corner. So a couple of our hosts, uh, I think Toby and Steely, will be at uh, uh, Balfour of Norman. Uh, Me, you, Travis, we're going to have a lot of others at Yo Pablo on Campus Corner as well. 
And we're going to have some good guests. Um, we're going to have some recruits that are here in town on official visits coming by. Maybe even a player in the portal come by before or after the game for you an on-site interview. Yeah. And then we'll be doing post-game from Yo Pablo on Campus Corner from uh, 4.30 to 6.30. So Parker will be involved with that with me. Travis will be involved with that with me. And we'll have some guests. So, yeah, if you're coming to Norman for the spring game, Come by to Yo Pablo on Campus Corner and to uh, Balfour of Norman on Campus Corner. Going to be a fun weekend, that's for sure. All right, we'll close up Locked In. Coming up next, keep you locked in the ref. Final segment, Locked In with McComas and Thune, live on the ref. Tyler McComas, Parker Thune. Yeah, we, we were uh, mentioning the new uh, recruiting rules the NCAA announced on Thursday afternoon, in case you didn't hear those. The main change is that prospects will no longer be restricted to five official visits, but will be limited to one official visit per, per school. So they can take 20 official visits if they want, but they have to be to 20 different schools. Uh, if there's a coaching change, a second official visit can be taken. Uh, these rules will take place in August, according to The Athletic, and then college programs still have a limit of 56 total official visits per year. So OU has a uh, unique uh, visit policy once players are committed. And really, when you, when you go back and look at these rules and you see, oh, well, each school can only have 56 official visits, I don't think that we're going to see a huge change, really any change whatsoever with uh, OU's recruiting policy with these new rules, yeah, even though I, kids can take 20 official visits that they want. I would not think so. And I do also think that Oklahoma situating the Champu barbecue later on the official visit calendar, if you can, if you can call it a calendar, uh, works in their benefit because last year the Champu barbecue was the first weekend of June. This year, they're angling to have it on the 16th of June, so right smack dab in the middle of the month. I'll be curious to see if next cycle they kind of try to move it towards the end of June or even into July now that the window for official visits has opened up. Uh, by the way, we've mentioned it twice already, but not everyone gets to listen for the entire hour. We mentioned Bear Alexander twice, and if OU is going to be a player in that, I, I mean, really, it's kind of – it's. Feels very heavy USC right now for Bear Alexander for the reasons that you can guess. And as we pointed out earlier, there's um, there's talk from the Georgia side. And I don't think it's like sour grapes talk. I think it's genuine that even though Bear Alexander, the measurables and the stars coming out of high school and even the amount that he played last year, which he wanted to play more a year ago, but he played in 12 games, had two sacks in the championship game. Apparently Georgia wasn't all that disappointed to see him yeah, go. Yeah, exactly. And here's the thing. If there's – if if there is a school, an institution, a beat, a fan base from which there are no sour grapes, it's probably Georgia because they're the back-to-back -back national champions. Yeah. So there's really no reason for there to be sour grapes. And uh, hearing some of the stuff you've heard about Bear Alexander's situation there and what led him to move on uh, it makes a lot of sense, doesn't it, that the USC pretty immediately emerged as the front runner um, from the 918. Is OU going after Deer Creek's quarterback, Grady Adam Adamson, class of 2025? No, because they already have their guy committed in the class of 2025. Their next quarterback will be in 2026, most likely. It, it, it could be a while till we hear about OU getting another quarterback commit, uh, like more than a year potentially. Yeah, the blanket answer to is OU looking at fill in a quarterback here over the next 10 to 12 months? 
will be no. Yeah. Uh, 918, what's the difference between an official visit and an unofficial visit? Basically, an official visit, you're on the university's dime. Unofficial visit, you're on your dime. But you can take an unlimited amount of official visits, excuse me, of unofficial visits. Official visits before, you've only uh, been able to take five. Now you can take unlimited. But essentially, on an official visit, you're on the university's dime. We're on the football program's dime, I should say. Ooh, here's a special teams comment from Sooner Soldier. Andrell Anthony is who needs to return kickoffs. Well, good news, Sooner Soldier. From what we've seen in the open portion of practice the last couple of weeks, he fast. Andrell Anthony has been one of those guys that has been working with the kick return team. Now, I can also think of a guy that isn't yet on the roster that could factor into the return game. Hmm. Wow, what a hint there. Tail end of the show, just throwing out a massive hint. I uh, I know exactly where you're going with that one. Oh, I'm wondering you? how many other people. I, I feel like we've dropped enough hints so far, even like during today's show, that most people are like, hey, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got an idea of who they're talking about. I'm just going to say I'm talking about Dequay's pet away and see if people will yeah. leave it at that. <laughs> um, uh, the, the portal is officially open. What is it, April 15th to April 30th? Do we have? Does OU have anyone outside of uh, Corey Roberson in in the transfer portal? No, is he but, the only one. No, but there will be more. Yeah, yeah, there will be more. But officially, right now, just Corey Roberson. Just Corey correct. Roberson. He is the first of this period to hit the portal for Oklahoma. He will not be the last, though. Yep. Yeah, it will. Uh, it will not be the last, and you know, th- this is normally the period where you don't see the headline names that you see in the first portal cycle, but. Bear Alexander is a recognizable name, and I, I'm going to guess that you're probably gonna, still going to see a recognizable name or two uh, in the portal across college football. By the way, Nate Roberts, tight end in uh, Washington, Oklahoma, just up the street here from Norman. There's a new crystal ball in for him to Notre Dame. From who? Uh, who was it? I, I think it was your boy. Um, what's, what, what's the Notre Dame guy over there at the 24-7 site? Come on. Text line likes to rip on him. Tom, Tom Loy. Tom Loy, yes. No comment. Ah. You calling it crap? A crystal ball to uh, Notre Dame? No comment. Nate, Nate Roberts going there? Yeah. All right, yeah. What Portal season, spring ball or spring game coming up on Saturday, big recruiting weekend coming up. We'll have all the content you're looking for uh, throughout the week. I guarantee you that. The Rush coming up next.